0: This morning, our scripture passage is found in the Old Testament book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 25. I'll be reading eight verses, verses 20 through 28. I guess that's nine verses. Genesis 25, starting at verse 20. You can follow along in a book, on your phone, on the tablet, or just listen as I read the verses aloud. And so I invite you to join with me by standing either physically or inwardly in your heart before God as we open up his word, the book that we love. Abraham became the father of Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Paddan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, "'Why is this happening to me?' So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, "'Two nations are in your womb, "'and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out and his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. God's very word. Thanks be to God, and you may be seated. What is happening to this world? How did we get here? And what's going to happen to us? What is happening in my world? How did I get here? And what is going to happen to me? On the macro level or a micro scale, these questions seem to haunt humanity but should they? The Bible reveals several things about God's interaction with the world and God's interaction with your world. God is faithful to his character. John, God is constantly concerned about our well-being. God is loving. God wants us to receive him as he is. God has promises and blessings for us. And yet God does not make us robots. People make their choices. This is not a fatalistic world. And yet we know that God's spirit is at work so that humanity will not completely destroy itself. The big story of the Bible is that God has not abandoned humanity. God is not AWOL god is very active in this world god is very active in your world to bring goodness and blessing and rescue now god doesn't act in the way that we want him to act he's not like some sort of heavenly butler taking our orders god acts in his way which can be a bit bewildering to us, which we reflected on a bit last Sunday. But God acts in a faithful and consistent way to bring about his will and his blessing into this world. Now, how in the world can I say these things? How in the world can we believe these things if, in fact, we do believe them? I do. It comes from understanding the great, big, hairy story of God in the Bible. In the beginning, God created humanity perfect and in his image. We read in Genesis 1, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Humankind was God's representative, caring for and governing God's big, beautiful creation. And humankind had this intimate relationship with God. As it says in Genesis, in the evening they would walk with God in the cool of the garden. Oh, what they must have looked forward to at the end of every day then our first parents Adam and Eve chose to sin by rebelling against God sin entered into them and that would be passed down to all of their descendants and that is you and me for we read in Romans 5 therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. The result of sin entering humankind and entering this world was that the world started spinning out of control into violence and death. And humankind made a mess of this world. It being left to themselves. So the question became, what is god going to do to rescue and redeem humanity in fact does god even want to rescue humanity when he looked down and saw the big mess that humanity made well god chose to god chose to focus in on a shepherd nomad, and this nomad's name was abraham and god had a new plan God's new movement was to bless this man and his family, and through them, God would bless and reach the world. We read Genesis 12, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, And whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and so God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants and God gave to Abraham and his descendants blessing and promises the promise to Abraham was that God was going to make his name great make him a father of many nations and the promise to bless the world through him, God promised to bless the nations of the world through Abraham, which later prophets and poets would say that this fulfillment would come through a Messiah king who would reign in peace and justice among the nations. And this king would come through Abraham's line, and this king would bring peace and justice to the world. We know this king as Jesus. More on him in a few moments. So God, in working with Abraham and working with Abraham's descendants, in chapter 17, asks Abraham and his family to make a sign of the covenant, a sign that God's blessing was upon them, that sign was circumcision on all male boys and this would remind them of their special relationship with God and God's promises to them as his family and that God would bless the nations of the world through him so Abraham would have a couple of sons we know the most uh, prominent one is Isaac he doesn't do a whole lot in the Bible account but he is the father of Jacob Jacob now is the recipient of God's promises that came to his grandfather Abraham and the story of Jacob is a story of God at work through the person of Jacob how God is being faithful to his promise to Abraham and to Abraham's family through the person of Jacob. We read, or we read in Genesis 25, the Lord said to Rebekah, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. God's promise and blessing and covenant would be passed down the line through jacob not esau the firstborn but through jacob the secondborn. and in doing so god does something very counter-cultural jesus did the same thing he acted and said things that were not according to culture God doesn't follow the whims or the, tradi- the traditions of culture, and they do not tell him what to do. Culture would say the oldest son, Esau, should get the blessing. But the blessing goes to the second son, to Jacob. And in doing so, God was saying the promise of the Messiah king who would bless the nations would come through Jacob's line. God choosing Jacob over Esau, though they were twins, shows that the blessing of God is never earned. It is always a gift. It is always grace. It is always by his mercy. Well, Jacob would go on to have 12 sons through four wives the start of the nation of israel the blessing would continue to pass on through the 12 sons and through their families and their families now the fourth son of jacob his name was judah judah gets connected with this promise that through Judah would come the messianic king who would bring peace and justice to the world. This descendant of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Judah is Jesus. The very Son of God who lived with Father God and the Spirit in eternity past, would leave the glory of heaven be born on earth and through him god would bring salvation to the world forgiveness of sins jesus would be born perfect without any sin he would not follow along the line of being born with sin like all of us he was born perfect and he would suffer his whole life long then on the cross, he would suffer the penalty of hell. He suffered not because he deserved it, but because we deserved it. He was sinless. We are sinful. He suffered and died, and Father God raised him from the dead so that God's blessing could reach all the people, all groups of people, not just those in Abraham's line, but all groups of people including us. And the promise of new life would be given to anyone who would come to this promised Messiah King whose name is Jesus. Receive him into their life. Ask him to forgive them of their sin. Forgive them of the bad choices they made. And commit to live their life in step with Jesus. we now receive those promises and those blessings of God. It's no longer just through the line of Abraham, but through faith in Jesus come these covenant promises of God. God does his work, fulfills his plan, works out his promises through imperfect people. Like jacob jacob followed in the line of his father and grandfather he was devious but even more devious than they were he was born grabbing the heel of his elder brother and so he was given the name little heel grabber sounds like dances with wolves doesn't it Little heel-grabber. Really, it means deceiver. His name would mark his life. The little deceiver. Jacob would bring deception to a whole new level. He turned deception into an art form. It reminds us that we are not perfect people. And when we acknowledge that, we need to say that doesn't stop god from loving us that doesn't stop god for caring for us that doesn't stop god for wanting to bring healing to our brokenness and forgiveness to our sins god works through imperfect people god knew that the people in the line of Abraham's family would make great, big, hairy, bad decisions. But God's goodness is that he would somehow in his way still be able to work through these people, still bring his promise about, still shower them with his blessing, and still show the world the greatness of his plan to bring new life to anyone who would come to this promised Messiah King. His name is Jesus. Our sin doesn't mean that we can sin freely because God can somehow still work his plan. But it does remind us that he is greater than all of our sin. Our bad choices will bring consequences. God's rescuing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't mean that they would be exempt from the consequences of their bad choices. And yet God would still work his plan through them. Abraham, for example, His wife couldn't bear children. Well, until a little bit later, and God did a miracle. So she, Sarah, decided to give to her husband her handmaiden for him to sleep with so that his line could continue through the handmaiden and not through Sarah. Bad decision. Abraham agrees. Another bad decision by him. The result is that this would bring huge tension in family dynamics, because eventually Sarah would have a baby, Isaac. And for generations to come, the result of uh, Ishmael and Isaac, having tension, would play out in their families for decades, and decades. And decades. Isaac, not much better. He had a beautiful wife by the name of Rebecca. was in a land and was afraid that the king of that land would take his wife away and kill him. So, dear wife, say that you are my sister, that way he won't kill me. Another deception, until God intervened and spoke to the king. Here comes Jacob. We'll be talking about his deceptions in the weeks to come. How God was was able to be greater than his deceptions. But as we'll look at next week, Jacob would deceive his brother, his father, and that would destroy their family. He'd suffer the consequences His uncle, Laban, would deceive him and steal 14 years of his life. And Jacob, after he deceived his brother, would go on the run. And he never saw his mother again. Our sins will find us out, but God is greater than all our sins. The promise of Jesus, this promised Messiah King, who had come through the line of Abraham to bring blessing and peace and justice to the nations. This Messiah King promises to forgive our sin, to forgive us from our bad choices. And the blood of Jesus washes us clean of guilt. He will not hold our faults against us he will lead us to work on reconciliation with those we deceived with those we hurt for those whose our bad choices impacted their lives he will give to us the wisdom and the power and the grace to find reconciliation because we will experience forgiveness of our sins Isaiah 1 Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Jacob's story in the Bible is God's story. God's great, big, hairy story of bringing rescue and redemption to the world. We'll see how he does that. To this person of Jacob Jacob is not the moral example but when Jacob comes he is born into this promise and God promises to live God promises to fulfill his faithfulness through this imperfect person and part of Jacob's story is found in our story today through the baptism in God's world God often works through families. God works through clans in giving to them promises. When someone is a follower of Jesus, blessings come not only to them, but to their families. As a follower and followers of Jesus, God's promises that have been given to Dan and Nicole are also given to Brady. And Emily and Logan. God is their God too. His faithfulness extends to their family as it does to your family. God blesses the children because their parents are followers of God. Now at times someone makes a faith commitment to God and they come out of a family that wasn't following God. And when they have a baptism and they have a profession of faith, God breaks through and establishes a new covenant line so that whether someone who grows up in a family of faith or someone comes to faith as an adult from a different kind of family, God's same promises apply. To be their God, the God of their family, the God of their children. The sign of the covenant is now given to females and males, and that sign is baptism. Baptism then works in a child's life to receive, to understand and to grow in the promises that God has given to them. So as we begin a bit of a journey through the remainder of October and into November, of God's great, big, hairy plan to rescue and redeem humanity from our sin and the consequences of our sin, We'll see how he's going to do that in part through this imperfect person called Jacob. In God's big hairy plan, he includes us. We're part of that plan. We're part of the reason why Jesus was sent to bring us into his family. And this invitation is out there to receive him. Or will we reject him God wants to make clear that his goal is to bring peace and blessing so will we will we receive that or will we turn away i invite you to join with me in prayer father god How thankful we are that you are greater than all of our sin. How we thank you for your redeeming love. For removing our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that has come through your son, Jesus. We pray that you will work in and through us so that we might live your grace out. May we be more gracious to others. May we be more kind to others. And may we share with others this wonderful news of new life that is found in your son Jesus. We know that you have given to humanity the promise that you will bring peace and justice to the nations. We pray for that to come and to come quickly. We live in a world where nations are at war. It's been highlighted for the last year and a half. The war that Russia has laid siege to upon Ukraine. The death of so many innocents. The right of people who are fighting to protect their nation. These last two weeks of Hamas coming against Israel. Father, we know that nations desire to live in peace. That seems to be a good thing. We pray for your justice to come against terrorists, against those who murder. We pray for your justice to be worked out in this world for those who wage war for no reason except for greed and hatred. We do pray, Lord, for justice to come and what's taking place in the Middle East. We want terrorists to be held accountable. And At the same time, in these wars, we know that innocents stand in the way. We pray for their protection we pray for their care and because of that we do pray for peace. We pray for peace so that innocent lives will not be lost. Those who stand. In the way of the fighting would be protected. We pray that you will bring provision for those in need and you would. Move in the hearts of leaders in the world bring those provisions. We pray that the Prince of Peace would have his way in this world today. We pray, Lord, for those within our community. We bless you for Brady and we pray, Lord, that your blessing would be upon him that he will continue to grow in knowing about you and your great love. We pray for our families. The families would grow in love, and families would grow in having you in their very center. So we pray for our families. We pray that you will help us as a church family to help our families as they grow to remind them of your promise and of your love we pray for little calvin quinlan we thank you that he has been taken off the respirator we pray for him in helen DeVos children's hospital that you will continue to bring healing that his body needs be with doctors that you will give to them wisdom and guidance for continued plans of health for him, and that you will surround Shauna, Kalen, and their family with your care, with your presence. We pray that you will be with those in our midst who need extra measures of your grace and goodness, for Pam, and David, and Joe, and Gail, that you will provide for them. And the days when they feel the burden of life being greater, Than what they can bear, we pray for extra measures of grace. We pray that you will help Ralph to find that housing soon, that you will be with those in the government, that the red tape would, would end to bring about an answer to all of our prayers, that you will be with Sue's granddaughter, Danielle, and her family, that you would bring blessing and care for her, Father God, we pray for uh, our church, for as we continue to grow in discipleship, to grow in sharing good news. We pray, Father God, that uh, you would help us as we, as a search team, meet with a uh, candidate for the worship director in eight days, We pray for your blessing upon that meeting and that you would be with all of those involved that we would sense your leading to move forward to move in a different direction whatever your leading is we pray for your spirit to bring guidance and care to all of those involved. And every week, as we pray for our neighbors on this day and this week, we pray for our neighbors on Coleman that you would bring extra blessings to them and that they would know that those blessings are coming from you. We pray for our missionary partner for uh, Cultivate Renewal that you will bless uh, Pastor Kevin as he leads and cares for ministry leaders in times of retreat in times of teaching times of listening and times of caring we pray lord that you will provide for them what they stand in need of and that you'll be with kevin as he leads this ministry to provide for him uh, whatever he needs uh, physically emotionally spiritually and financially we thank you lord for all of your blessings to us and we surrender ourselves to you those prayers that we have prayed and for those that we uh, lift up silently to you we pray them in jesus name and everyone agreed and said amen